Welcome to episode number seven of the PhD podcast. My name is Mitch. I'll be taking you throughout the world. Last two weeks that was of the Berg Hockey World, the Western Pennsylvania little corner of our hockey world here. Um, a lot to catch up on. I've got Ma- Mam Ross coming in to co-host with me today via the phone. Uh, he's gonna have a big chunk of your ear today. We have our PIHL scoreboard or players of the week coming up, and Ed Major with his ACHA update. Um, you definitely want to stick around for that uh, towards the end of the program. But I want to lead off uh, with a little bit of something different. Another ice sport that I was able to cover last weekend. The Pittsburgh Broomball Club hosted the Mid-Atlantic Broomball Tournament, which is half the reason why you didn't have a broadcast this past week. Um, I was down with a severe and nasty head cold once I got home from Erie. Uh, so we had to forego an entire week, but we should be back to our weekly broadcast routine starting this week. Um, so our players of the week will be for the last two weeks. Whenever we discuss that about the PIHL, all our updates are from the last two weeks. Ed's updates, two weeks, and everything that Mam Ross and I talk about from the last two weeks. But uh, just wanted to open that up for you guys and that you understand. Uh, it was a fun time up in Erie calling... I believe I called 20 of the 21 games of broomball over the two games, the two days period at the Erie Bank Sports Park. Now I can figure out how to say that uh, rink name. Uh, brand new, beautiful facility up there in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, had a blast. I'd like to thank everybody that was involved. We recorded on Broomball Central Live. If anybody wants to go back and check out what exactly uh, the sport is, they have a league here in Pittsburgh. If anybody's interested in trying it out, it's a uh, a lot of fun. If I wasn't uh, as fat as I am right now and lazy, I would probably go out and try it myself. But uh, I just have fun calling them right now and I'm hoping maybe in the next couple seasons to join them. But with the schedules being what they are, it is what it is. It's basically like lacrosse meets soccer meets hockey. You don't have blades on your skates. Uh, the ball is about the size of a cantaloupe. And the goaltenders are crazier. That's about what I could say about it. And a lot of people love it. Good people have a lot of fun with it. We had a soccer goalie replace on one of our women's teams. And um, I would check it out if I were you. It's something maybe keep you f- physically fit on a Saturday night. And it's a lot of fun. Everybody likes to go out afterwards. So check it out if you can. you got to be over 18, I would believe, is what the role is with the league at this point. But um, Pittsburgh Broomball Club is the host of that tournament, check it out on Broom, Pittsburgh Broomball Club's Facebook page, um, Broomball Central Live, with us, all of our broadcasts and all that. So that's why you didn't get to see me in the last week. I was down from Monday until about Thursday. Then I decided I needed to drag my butt out of the house and get out to a couple games. So I was able to check out a game at Ice Castle this past weekend, and it was a lot of fun. So um, good to be back in the rink and good to be talking with you guys. So if I'm still a little sniffly from it, that's why. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. I'm actually going to really quickly introduce uh, Matt Mamros after we do our quick intro of who we are, what we, where you can find us, and all that other fun stuff. You can find me on Twitter at PhD underscore Mitch. Uh, you can find all of the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest at berghockey.com, on Facebook at PGH Hockey Digest, on Twitter at PGH Hockey Digest, on Instagram at PGH Hockey Digest. The podcast, I'm hoping that I could start continuing to use the uh, podcast Twitter handle a little bit more. It's at PhD underscore podcast. Um, we got a couple other things going on there in the last couple weeks. But uh, 
we're really just trying to transition into the hockey season. I just got done with all my DJing, so you guys will get my undivided attention for the next couple weeks. Uh, today, we uh, I was able to go out and actually watch a hockey game for the first time in four years, uh, which was me actually just sitting and watching and not working, and that was the USA and Canada scrimmage game at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex, and that was a lot of fun, um, the women's hockey showcase that they had up there. Uh, fun time had by all. Uh, I'll reserve my opinions on the showmanship from the uh, <laughs> from the host teams, but it was a fun time had by all, and I'm hoping that everybody gets an opportunity to at least check out what they have going on coming through the city for some of the best players on earth. So, all right. With that being said, I'd like to introduce Matt Mamros now for his weekend, his weekly feature. Uh, all around the region, he's going to talk a little bit of Jodstown. He's going to talk a little bit of Youngstown. He's going to talk about Robert Morris men, women, and everything in between. A lot, a little bit of Erie. We have a little bit of fun with it. So here we go. I'm bringing in Matt Mamros. All right, joining us now for his weekly segment around the region, it is Matt Mamros. Matt, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in about what four or five hours now. Yeah, it's it's only been about four or five hours, and literally nothing has changed. Uh, you know, I'm still at the rink wandering around right now. Oh, well, trying to figure it out the day you were going to get lost there. Um, you had your yes, advanced yeah. scouting reports during that USA Canada game. Yeah, they were very they're very detailed. Uh, there was uh, some elite knowledge being distributed there. Absolutely. She was, uh, she was very good. She was she's a good hockey player. Very, hockey player. Very. Holy crap, Corey Knight is tall. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, is, this yeah, is no, what I we don't pay him no for, idea. guys. Yes, uh, I actually had no idea how tall Hillary Knight was until today, but she's very tall. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, Matt Mamros uh, and I were at the uh, United States-Canada matchup for the uh, the camp for the developmental team, so uh, it was a fun little uh, contest there. Uh, <laughs> let's talk, what, what do you want to talk about, sir? Uh, absolutely. So, I mean, Team Canada did sweep uh, the, the Americans this weekend at Lemieux Complex. But that, was, that was an awesome showing. Uh, they came alive in the, the last of the, the six title periods played this weekend. But, uh, wasn't enough to beat the Can- Canadians. And I mean, Team Canada had a lot of newcomers, a lot of players that were still in the college system that were not playing internationally in either the last Olympics where most people would have seen them play or or the World Championships this year, and uh, the Americans did as well, but the Americans are primarily the same team, as, as far as I could tell. Um, of course, Wisconsin captain and national champion Annie Pankowski was making her second series appearance for Team United States of America, and that was pretty cool to see her. And uh, it seemed like it was really back and forth, and Canada capitalized on pretty much all of their power plays champions, and uh, the Americans couldn't stay out of the penalty box, but neither could the Canadians. Just it just seemed like it was one of those games where it was WrestleMania. Yeah, you know, we were. Yeah, that was the big thing about that was, you know, you saw the you they built up that three nothing lead, and then all of a sudden it, it evaporated. But and that was they good. were able to get that power play goal to keep them ahead, but every time it just that third period was just a wild west shootout out there. Yes, I mean, wasn't the last goal by? The, the, Emily Clark, wasn't that a Shenandoah Yeah. Yeah. And that was incredible. I mean, Emily Clark with the hat trick. Victoria Bach, he played for BU last year, or no, not last year, the year before last year, making her international stage debut. 
in her second, what would be four names, Cup, unfortunately canceled this year. So that's how we got this scrimmage in Pittsburgh. Um, but an excellent out showing out for the Penguins organization supporting women's professional hockey and uh, just the women's game in general. Got to grow the game, and I think it's a great place to start. Yeah, it's two straight shutouts. I mean, sellouts, not shutouts. <laughs> <laughs> Far from a shutout yeah. there. Um, two straight sellouts. Yeah, I mean, if we got shut out, I, I probably wouldn't have went to that. <laughs> but, um, that, I mean, seeing, seeing all these college superstars just play internationally is it's awesome. It's a great time, especially since you don't get to see all of them necessarily play against Robert Morris. We've had, we've had many incumbents through Robert Morris, Lauren Gable, um, Kendall Coyne, I think my sophomore year with Northeast played against Robert Morris at the island. Was, Somebody has a photo of her. Wasn't one of those, uh, what did, she didn't come to town, but, you know, they played against, you know, Wisconsin and, you know, Pankowski. They did play against her. So Yes, and they also played against uh, Sarah Nurse, mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who had two goals. They're not today. She did have a goal today, I'm pretty sure, Sarah Nurse. I, I didn't keep very good statistical tabs on what was going on. Yeah, we, um, <laughs> I th- that was the first time I think I was talking to you and Awiz. I think this was the first time in about four years I was actually able to go watch a game and not cover it. Like, I don't count I last watch, year going, yeah, I, I don't count just going to the, watch hockey. Yeah, just watch and enjoy the game because, like, I, I've been covering it for so long that it just becomes second nature and, you know, being a, t- being a ticketed fan was uh was fun enough. And if people were going to say, oh, well, you were at Robert Morris last year for the Holy Cross game. I, I don't count that because I really did actually probably work that a little more than I should have when I counted as a day off. Yeah, so. I do remember I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, but this was just something fun to go to and yeah. watch. I mean, it was highly competitive hockey. That was, that was some aggressive action there. I mean, there was some checking. I mean, you're not legally allowed to check, but it was there. Oh, you so can just was, tell those two teams have a little bit of a history and bad blood. So it was oh, good, it was good to see that on the ice. We had, we had some uniform critiques. Uh, we spent about a period critiquing uniforms. So that was, yeah, and you you you, sp- you spent about thirty seconds complaining because there weren't logo, logos on the puck. And yeah, they, <laughs> they were memorabilia purposes. And, uh, oh. Yeah, for 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 my personal collection. Like yeah. puck does not exist. Um, other than that, uh, oh, the Team USA Sox. What was boring. it? Team USA Sox did not match the uniform. Sox? Okay, like, I thought uh, you said something else and we were about to have an issue. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You would have made the, all, the, all the Canadian players happy by saying it, but unfortunately, oh. yeah. No, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, they have the kaleidoscopes watching the Olympics that went with that uniform, and they just had generic red stripe socks. And, uh, boring and did not make sense. I have to say that that cost them the game. <laughs> <socks>. um, <laughs> but uh, as, as you know, we all have Emily Curlette and some of the other women's players on the rubble. We all have uh, very unique, fun socks that they wear during warm-ups and during the games and stuff. So yeah. that's uh, more so, power to them. So let's, uh, let's use that as a transition point. Socks. Socks to the Robert Morris women's team. What do we got this past weekend at Lindenwood? So, so we missed the Penn State recap. Oh, the, well, the I'm sorry. Last week, shutout. last week at yeah, Penn was, State. <laughs> I keep forgetting that I had a week off. Go ahead. Yeah, we had the uh, we had Penn State come to the island. Um, no Chantel. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about Chantel in the last episode, but uh, no Chantel. Cam, Cam Leonard got both stuff and. Uh, 
Penn State, I think in the first game, I can't remember if they had a 2 nothing lead or if they had a 2-1 lead at some point in that game, but uh, Robert Morris won 5-2 it, it on Friday. Yeah, I got a point for that one. Now, I was actually talking with somebody up on Media Row. We were concerned about how the team looked in the first about 35 minutes of that game. Like, they were oh, actually yeah, they playing did. as it was concerning they were, us. Yeah, they were, they were sleeping a little bit. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I have... I have great faith in my girls, so. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they uh, ended up coming back and winning a – not really a thriller. They just kind of blew them out in the third period. Mm-hmm. And um, on 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 Saturday, just no. Oh, before we move to Saturday, shout out Courtney Coleman, first career goal in that contest. Yes. Great goal yes, there. it was. It was a hard – we always talk about it every – you know, you, you, Justin, Burl, I, we all discussed this, you know, about how she's just primed to break out, and it's going to happen, and when she does it, it's just going to happen in bunches, and how... how yes, and <laughs> I actually texted Justin that morning, dude, I'm feeling the first goal vibe today, it's either going to be her, or uh, Harley's first defensive goal, mm-hmm. and uh, One, two for we two. got both, we got both, so that was... That was awesome. We'll, we'll talk about Harley. In a yeah, little we bit got a little bit to talk about there. So she's gonna be important for this London yes. series. But uh, yeah, so um, Courtney Coleman with her first career goal, Jay with her 150th career point. She is on in, fire in that game. So, and then the, the five nothing win. Reagan Kirk's first shutout as a Colonial. That was a big one. That was a big so one. That was a that was another big one. I believe that was Joel Fiala's first assist at the Colonial that weekend. I that one that one we're gonna have to look up. Uh, yeah, we don't have anybody in the truck. It just does it does all the stats. So yeah, we we'll have, have to we'll call the st- I have the, the stats guy number on file, but I don't think I have it. Um, let's see. I actually have the stats from the opening game here, the, the line charts, and Fiala <laughs> had two assists already in that for the on the season. Going into that, so okay, okay, she so was that would not she, have two been assists going into the game. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, I mean they kind of just dominated Penn State on Saturday. I yeah. mean they looked they looked a little crummy in the first period, but other than that, they just they weren't they overpowered Penn State that weekend. Yeah. And then going into this weekend, girls go to Lindenwood mm-hmm. on Friday, watch the entire game on stretch television. Um, you know my. And Lindenwood's announcers actually were not the ones they had last year when we were at Lindenwood. Those were those are very entertaining announcers. They uh they butcher names more than I did at the uh, USA Canada. <laughs> but uh, yeah, luckily nobody was there for that one. Um, but uh, Robert Morris scored the first goal of the game, I believe, on a Lexi Templeman power play goal. There was a backdoor. Um, Beautiful goal, gave them the one nothing lead, and they hung on to that for Joel Fiala's first career NCAA goal for the the empty netter at the end to win two to nothing on Friday. We thought we were going to see the switch to Hennessy on Saturday. It didn't happen for Lindenwood. They, they stuck with their guns, and uh, Robert Morris down three to nothing going into the third period on Saturday. Came came back and and won, you know, four to three. That's crazy. That, I mean, I was following along while I was I was doing a wedding for that one, and I was like, oh, they're down three yeah. nothing, and then all of a sudden it was like, points, points, points. Oh no! 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Harley had two goals and Emily Curlette with the winner. I could be wrong, but I believe that's that's what I got written down here. Okay. So we've got one thing that we wanted to discuss. And okay, so she entered the season forty six points shy of Brittany Howard's record uh, in the yes for the uh, she had. She has 26 points this season already in 12 games. The which seven puts goals. her second in the NCAA behind 29, which is Daryl Watts with Wisconsin. Tw- tw- seven goals, 19 assists, 2.17 points per game. She is 20 points back of – she's already made up halfway, the halfway point of that detail. She's got 20 points to go. She's 61 goals, 100 assists. For 161 points, Brittany Howard, she passed, she's, she's close to Brittany Howard's assist record, too, at this point. I mean, it's insane. We knew she was two going to tie, two to tie, three to break. That's what it assists. is. 102 assists. I mean, Howard was the goal scorer, a little more of a prolific goal scorer to that point, but she's 18 yeah. goals shy. I mean, <laughs> 18 goals is not out of the record, but her career high is not, 22. Not, so. not at this point, especially when you look at how we've played. All these ranked opponents, all uh-huh. so far, and she's putting up these numbers. Okay, so and he, now we get to a little bit of an easier conference schedule. Here we I go. I mean, I don't even know if two hundred is out of the question at this Let, point. Let's look at this. Look, look let's break it down because I have it broken down by game. She has goals. I mean, points in every game except for against what Clarkson? No, the, no at uh, Cornell, Cornell, no, Cornell, Cornell, because they got two games at Cornell. So, so there's two goal. There's two games without any points. But yeah, but I mean, it's points in all but two games against Minnesota. She had a goal and an assist. Union, she was three goals, four assists. Clarkson, she had two goals and three assists. Cornell was not was it, was shut out. She had three assists against Penn State. Five points on the second day against Penn State, and then four points this past weekend at Lindenwood. 161 points already this season. Do you think? I mean, I mean. Did you think that she had the the ability to go out and, you know, actually, I mean, we were talking about it. She has the chance to to take this down by, by Christmas. By Christmas. On her, at this yeah. record, at this pace. I mean, even then, she could if, be, she could break it at 66. If you think about it in that yeah. game against, you know, game against Wisconsin, if she really put it forward. I mean, she, well, let's see what they have left. Let's make sure, because that's going to be, <laughs> I might be putting a little bit of pressure on it. I know we got RPI. At RPI on the way back through. We're at RPI. Half we are at St. Lawrence University. They have six then games. Mercy six games Hurst. before Christmas. Yes. So it's RPI, Lawrence, Mercyhurst. She would need to go at seven point a game. No, sorry, six points, uh, three, four points a game to break. Uh, maybe three and a uh, half to four points a game. That might is be a little bit tough. That That is a little crazy. And then that leads into that game against it is Wisconsin. Not out of a question, though. But Without it, a doubt, it is not out I of a question. We're going to throw that out there. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> that means two road yeah, series I mean, coming up. And uh, RPI and St. Lawrence, she could easily, I mean, the way she's playing, that top line's playing, because she's melding with, with Lexi Templeman and uh, Michaela Boyle. So you Michaela, can't. Michaela, yeah. we, we've never had until this year. So, I mean, you look at that, and it's just, it's nuts. It is absolutely nuts, man. 
Like I knew, uh-huh. I had the, I had the idea that she was going to have the ability to to to, to break the uh, the record. She was going to do it. I just didn't expect we'd be talking about it this soon. All right. No, uh, this was one of those things going into the year where we might be talking about her breaking the record at in February or in the end, right? especially based off of her previous year average. That's where I thought we would be, but no. Wow. Look, where, look where we're at now. Yeah, it's we, just unreal. All right, well, let's let's uh, let's put that back uh, once again. We talked about Linden. What did we talked about race for an NCAA scoring title. Uh, Daryl Watts has cooled off tremendously. I mean, my dude, they, play, they did play the newest team in the NCAA for two games. LIU yeah. Brooklyn. So yeah. So I mean, can you really? Uh, I don't know yeah, about that. About All right, so let's let's move along. We're now back. Are we we're in Lindenwood, right? If I remember correctly, we're still discussing Lindenwood. We're in we're in Lindenwood. Uh, Emily Curlett with the game winner in overtime in Lindenwood. Her and Michaela Boyle are one and two in the nation in power play goals and points. <laughs> it's insane. How about that? It's insane. Like what's it going is, on in the island? We're, we're talking about you give us the power play and we will. We've proven we can't beat you. I mean, that's just how it is. All right. At this point. So, once again, they're off this upcoming weekend. They have RPI on the road and followed by a Thanksgiving series at St. Lawrence. Um, they'll be up yeah, we're we told they're not thrilled about the Thanksgiving series, but uh, hey, you'll take it. <laughs> hey, you know, last time they played on a Thanksgiving series they was the icebreaker. Well, the Thanksgiving series that was up in New York was the or was the, the windbreaker. Oh, sorry, yeah, the windbreaker. You're right. Your wind jam, wind jammer, the wind, wind, wind jammer. jammer. Sorry, that was wind when they died. I'm looking at it. the one windbreaker, more icebreaker, wind jammer. We got there eventually. Um, we got there eventually. Yeah, yeah St. Lawrence. What and, they beat? They beat St. Lawrence and they beat Clarkson in a shootout. Is that they, what it was? They lost to Clarkson in a shootout. It was a tie. Okay. It was a 3-3 tie. I remember they scored late. That was during the uh, Cardiac Kids se- season where they would score. They came back a lot late, and I believe the goal was by Welshie, was by Kirsten Welsh late in that game to tie it on the power play. So it was 3-3, if I remember correctly, on that contest. So I remember watching it on television. I was, like, streaming it to my TV. So, yeah. All right, so let's uh... – Yeah, it was <laughs> – I remember Murph shooting in the shootout. I don't remember why. That's my distinct memory from that game. <laughs> that was my memory from that one. Yeah. Um, All right, so we move along, and Robert Morris men going in. So time. men were off the Penn State weekend. We just had the girls. This weekend, they had a home-and-home home versus Kinesis, and they won a series of four to two games that Everybody in the in the fan section that was telling me about the Friday night game because uh-huh. I did not witness that one. I was too busy watching the girls. Um, they, they played essentially an identical game. <laughs> they played like pretty much mirrored games. Uh, they they dominated early. They took their foot off the gas a little bit and they nailed it down at the end. So that was, uh, from what I understand, that's pretty much what happened in these four to two games. Uh, Grant Bear got it. Got to say that. That dude is showing flashes of the same player he was in the the USHL. Uh, he scored two beautiful goals on Saturday. I was at that game. Did not go up Friday for the the Canadian game, even though I love the Harbor Center. Um, and he he scored a a really beautiful tic tac toe goal to open the game. And I believe the other one he just shoved it under the goalie's um, elbow. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, uh, Brandon. Uh, McKellian scored 
in that game as well. And I forget the fourth goal. I'm actually going to be. Oh, it was right Jacob Coleman Sports Center goal. Oh, forget that one. Yeah, gets yeah, a goal. It's always Sports Center worthy. Oh, absolutely. The and it is it is on Twitter. Uh, retweet for awareness. It's on the Rubber Wars Men's uh, Twitter. So we we're, we're gonna try to get that on Sports Center because that Sorry that, that goal was was beautiful. Of course, that was the one I missed, but uh, oh. yeah, that was it was a beautiful goal from. I'm watching the replay right now, and it just blows my mind. I'm trying um, to watch it, and I can't get to my. Uh, <laughs> I can't move my phone because that the, the adapter that I have put you into the board decides it wants to make a really loud noise on me. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I gotta wait and see. Yeah, when was that to happen to you? Okay. But uh, yeah, so the men enter in, I believe, first place Atlantic hockey. Yeah, I, they I have. could be wrong. They are but, currently. Uh, they should be still first place because they played the additional series. So far, so right. they have to get caught up. Everybody has to get caught. They're currently leading Atlantic Hockey by. Uh, there looks like that is five and one is their record in, in conference. So yes, that'd be ten points. They don't put the points because down. they have that one loss to. Uh, uh, shoot, it'll come. I think it's Army. They have a loss to Army. Yeah, they they lost to Army wrong. in their opening game of that series, and then came back and won the second one. Um, yeah. Yeah, they did. This team's resilient this year, and this the men's team at times last year. Sorry, Coach Cole, they looked pretty boring last year. Sometimes, mm-hmm. but uh, this this year you can't take your eyes off them. They're they're awesome. It's it's such a great experience to go watch them. So I highly recommend to anybody. Uh, you you have something better to do. Go, go watch well, the men's hockey team this year. We, we uh, talked about that a couple times. I mean, this is the last two years have been a transition period for this team. And the uh, the reason why I say that is a lot of players have either transferred or come back. You know, it's a, fr- a very young freshman's esque team where you have yeah, it's a, it's a young blood team with you know, they got a great leader in Luke Lynch, and this is this is just a team that everybody wanted to write off and. To this point of the year, you cannot write them off. And they're starting to meld. They're starting to, like, especially the younger players are buying into the system. They were throwing a little curveball with Marat leaving and Kappelmaster yeah, coming which in. Yeah, nobody playing. expected in that. Yeah, that was a shock to everybody that Marat left. And Kappelmaster has come in and actually played phenomenally well. In, you know, and Kappelmaster can't. leads the NCAA in save and save percentage. It's, right now, I mean, you're allowing that. You know, when you get that little back, you can let these younger defenders, you know, get their footing. And uh, I'm telling yeah, I mean, you, we've seen Jeff Lawson step up this year. Nolan Schaefer continues to evolve into a top pair defenseman every night he's out there. Mm-hmm. Alex Roberts taking the reins, clear leader of the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, last year with Israel being hurt uh, for for a decent amount of time, there wasn't really a clear leader on the back end there. It's mm-hmm. Miles and it's Schaefer, and they're stepping up and they're taking the reins. Robert has always shown that the flashes too. I mean, he was a late bloomer. He had a oh, couple absolutely. seasons first, but he once he finally actually got through it, he was he was a solid defender for them. So he, you know, that's going to be a good time there. Um, they're going to okay, so they're heading up to Waltham Arena, to Waltham, Massachusetts, to the Bentley New Bentley Arena for a two game series. On the 15th and the 18th. And then they're coming home on the 22nd and 23rd. There for a series against yep. Air Force. Ooh. 
and I didn't, I, you know, I'm trying to get back into the, the Robert Morris men's side now because of, you know, getting DJing stuff done and everything. So that's another series yeah, that might be. Yeah, luckily I don't DJ with you. So huh? Luckily I don't DJ with you, so that gives me a little bit more time to, to go to these games. And stuff. But also, one of the ones that I'm looking at now, Friday, November 29th, Black Friday, Mercyhurst oh, on Black the road. Oh, wait, that's on the road and it's Black Friday. Home. Oh, boy. Home and home with Mercyhurst. Black Friday, and then they come home on Saturday for a home game against the uh, the Lakers. So, looks like uh, Mitchie's going on a road trip that day. The Erie Oilers play the only hockey game in North America <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day. Are they at home? No. They are at home. This game is always at home. And what time always is it? on Thanksgiving. It is a 1 or 3 o'clock game. We'll talk so, about it. We'll get there whenever we get to the Erie Otters. You want to talk Erie Otters now? We'll use that as a transition. You are just going yeah, nuts we, we, on we the transitions could, there. We should go to Erie Otters now. We'll, we'll skip over uh, about eight pages of sticky notes. As you can tell. Well, we're going to go back to those sticky notes. Don't worry about we'll, it. We'll go back. We'll go back. Um, I, don't, I don't get a teleprompter. I just do my thing here. <laughs> uh, so Iliad is right now uh-huh. sitting a three-way tie in their division for first place. Nice. Which uh, is is interesting to me. Um, Mary four to two. Okay. They lost to Owen Sound for a point in a shootout four to three, and uh, today they lost to Owen Sound four to three. But that put them in a three-way tie with. London, Owen Sound, and Erie, but London and Owen Sound both have two and three games in hand against the Otters. So the Otters are technically third place, but point wise, they're in first. A little bit of a strange situation there, but uh, most people understand how that works. Oh, yeah, young. Daniel young. Murphy, the, the OHL second star of the week. Okay. The Otters, Otters goaltender. So that was. And they have a little cool bit of a. That. Little controversy up there in that you can you, if you pay attention to the boards and you know pay attention to what they say, you know. Oh, absolutely. There, there's a, yeah, there's a division mean, of where the goaltenders are. Goaltenders. Yeah, of course, Aiden Campbell, the uh, Seneca Valley goaltender, headed up to the OHL early, and Murphy. Yeah, he's a 16 year old kid, I believe. Yep. Yep. And he is he's a clear future for the net the net situation in Erie and uh, Austin Swankler also heading up there. Uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately, Austin's now hard with the Otters, but even uh, queue now. He's I've, everywhere. I've yet to really, I've yet to really follow his career in the queue yet, but uh, that's something I will get. Where in the time. world is Alex Gritz? The next segment on the PhD podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I I feel bad because yeah. from what I understand uh, most of the people. Primarily speak French as their first language up there. They don't speak English as their first. So, uh, a little bit of a language barrier, but hey, you got to learn that. Yep. All right. That's why I, I'm, uh, I'm so fortunate. Most of the players that come to Robert Morris speak English as their first language. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a right. great thing. What do we got? Uh, let's, let's go backtrack to Wheeling. Wheeling, Wheeling played a couple of uh, thrillers since we last, last talked about them. They, um, a weekend sweep in a series of the two games versus uh cannot read that. You gotta read your own That's writing, sir. Yeah, yeah, gotta read my own <laughs> writing there. That is uh they had a series of six to four sweeps against 
uh, Toledo Walleye. Okay. They beat Redding one, which Redding, of course, is Philadelphia's affiliate, so it's always uh-huh. a great day to beat the Redding, Redding Royals. Um, November 2nd, they lost to Kalamazoo Wings 7-2. to Dylan Sadaway, four-point game for Kalamazoo. Um, yeah. He, he he always finds his way into our into our around the globe segment here. So yeah, he's not uh, really even one of our guys, and somehow you always continue to talk about him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, he's he's he's, uh, he's the he's uh, the brother of former Colonials Caitlin forward Sadaway. Caitlin Sadaway. Yeah, Sad's yes, brother. He, yes, he is, and he he always manages to get in a fight in Wheeling too. So that's uh, <laughs> I guess that's my attraction to him. I guess that's uh, it's always fun to watch that, especially if you get to see it in college. So. Yeah. You do get to see it in the air. There's there's some there's some fights in the air. Um They lost to Toledo, uh five to four on November sixth. They beat and split the Reading Royals in a series of six to four games over the weekend. And their next game is November fifteenth versus Utah. I have never seen Utah come to the West Mexico before. So this could be a first for Wait, November sixteenth, Friday? November Fifteenth, a Friday. Friday, I'm in. Because six sixteenth is the Saturday. I'll be in Jamestown mm-hmm. on that Friday for the Rebels. Right. I think they play the Tomahawks. I'm not sure. I kind of got, I kind of got thrown into this game in the last minute here. But uh, always a pleasure to go see a new game and a new ring. So that, yeah. that is where I will be. Interesting. Um, yeah. Let's, 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 actually, that's a good transition into the NAHL. Let's talk about Johnstown real quick. Uh, Last time we talked about Johnstown was quite a bit ago, so they've played five games since we talked about them last mm-hmm. time. They um, they beat Jamestown on November 3rd, 3-1. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the Maryland Black Bears. They beat the Maryland Black Bears 3-2 on November 1st, lost to them 2-1 on November 2nd. Then they beat Jamestown on November 7th, 2-1. Beat... Um, Jamestown again, six to one on November eighth, and lost to them November ninth, six to five. So they are actually in second in the East in the NAHL behind the New Jersey Titans, which is always a tough, tough team. And we're, we're talking. The thing that's impressive about this Johnstown team is their team was gutted by Division One commits. I mean, their goalie went to I think St. Cloud at the end of the year last year. Yeah, Daniel Parsons. Uh, yeah. My favorite goalie Daniel of Breer, all time, Carter McPhail. Carter McPhail. Of all time. My favorite goalie of all time. I watched one I'm game I'm that I'm he a played big, in. Big, uh... I watched one game that he played in. He picked up a player's stick, threw it down the ice, came back, got away with it, and he—he's—he's he's something else. I love him. Anyway. Yeah, he—he's uh, got some. He's got some. He's got some lettuce too. Yeah, you know, he's he got a nice hair. Um. I was a Chad Veltry guy last year, so I'm going to have to stick with my boy Chad Veltry. Okay. Casey DeSmith is my favorite goalie of all time, but uh, <laughs> that's because he's won me three pizzas in the past uh, two or three years. He's been still waiting on those pizzas. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always it was it was a good time when she was here because she did not believe in Casey DeSmith at all, <laughs> and uh, that is that is why she owes me three pizzas. Nice. The, the dude got a shutout in all three games. I bet he would get a shutout, in, and he did. So nice. Was grateful for that one. Yeah. yeah. Don't ever bet against Casey Smith. He actually had a shutout this weekend. Oh. A thirty-eight save shutout 
this weekend. So it all, it all comes back around. Nice. Um, this weekend, Johnstown is playing the main Black Nordiques. Bear. Or Nordiques. Yeah, they're, they're the Nordiques, yeah. Yes. They, I, I don't remember them from, from last year. They might be a newer team. But, they uh, are a newer team. That's why you don't remember them. That is true, because <laughs> last year was on Maryland first. Yeah. First series. This they is the first year for the main Nordiques. They actually opened up against Johnstown. Yeah. So. And, I, and so they come in this weekend, and that's the mm-hmm. series. Uh, this weekend at the Walmart. Or, or, sorry, they're at Maine this weekend. Yeah, they're at Maine. Just looked that up. Uh, Youngstown Phantoms this weekend swept Lake Shore. Uh, Callagher scored twice in the first game. Mm-hmm. And in the second game, they won on a Dobe overtime goal. So they're they're sitting at sixth place in the East. So they're not they're in the last playoff spot, but as every team has shown us before, they do is make it to get to, to have a shot at it. I look at the Blues last year. So Yeah. That's so, all, that's all I got for you for this for this time. Are you sure? Because um, we got about a half hour of uh <laughs> got about a half hour yeah, of work in there. So that, that's yeah, I mean, awesome. I, I could talk about pretty much anything, but I know uh, you, you know, can. we got. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm on this show. That, that is yeah. literally the only reason I'm on this show. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's gonna be exciting. I'm gonna go up to Jamestown on Friday. Then you're gonna see the Penguins play uh, Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday. So that is where I will be this weekend. I have no clue where um, I will be this weekend. We discussed this. This is actually my first weekend off since September. So I'm like, well, I mean, you got the Pens and the Leafs. You got uh, Youngstown bringing in the U seventeen or U eighteen USA team okay. on Saturday. I think it's seventeen. Yeah, you, you got Wheeling on Friday if you want to go down to Wheeling. Um, West Bank is always a treat. I highly, highly suggest the um, De Carlos Pizza. Oh, it's great. Where 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 uh, Brad Paisley, country artist Brad Paisley, had his first ever job. At that the Carlos Pizza in Wheeling, downtown Wheeling. So, well, that's a uh, anyway. That's a detail. <laughs> that wasn't yeah, aware of. yeah, because every time every time you walk in there, they forget it. Wow! All right. Every, every time, but right. uh, yeah, that's that's something to do if you're looking for something to do this weekend. Uh, girls are in. Girls are off this weekend. Off this weekend. Men are at Men Bentley, are at Bentley. I believe we just went over that. Yeah. I would go to Bentley where it was and could drive that far, but uh, I think Jamestown's gonna Jamestown and the Penguins are gonna probably be it for me. Nobody wants to drive to Bentley from here. I don't even think the men's yeah, team wants to drive from Bentley. From here. They, they, all the all the people that I am close with specifically told me do not drive to London. What? So <laughs> that is why I did not go to London this weekend. I've been Next to year, yeah, yeah. One one of these years, and it will be next year. Maybe will it will be next year. Maybe next year. What do you say? Maybe next year. I'm I'm thinking next year is going to be the roll for CHA. All I'm right. Just, I'm thinking it. All right. So sounds I'll, good. I'll let you know if that happens. All right. Well, that was, we're going to close this out, Matt. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, that was Absolutely. Matt Mamros. I am Brian Mitchell. We will be back on the PhD podcast. Love to have Matt on with us here at the PhD podcast. And it's always a fun time with him. We try to keep it a little bit loose in our conversations. Uh, No attempt to try to offend anybody. Just try to have a good time with it. 
So with that being said, we're going to move from his around the region to a different Scott, uh, style of around the region. And we're going to bring in uh, Ed Major with his ACHA recap from the last two weeks. Uh, it is two different recaps merged into one. So you're going to hear the cut in the middle and bring in the second half. That was because he was under the impression, like I was, that we were going to be recording last week. And it all fell apart whenever I couldn't get out of bed for the second day of recording, which was Monday. So here we go. Here is Ed Major with your ACHA recap from the last two weeks. Welcome back, Berg Hockey fans. I am Ed Major. You can find me on Twitter at Ed Major Photo. You might be familiar with my major focus recaps. So we've got another ACHA recap for you this weekend. It's finally November. The weather is getting colder. We're uh, we're really getting into the hockey weather here. And uh, if if the weather wasn't reminding you of some exciting hockey, then then definitely all the Berg hockey action is is getting you excited for for the winter months. So let's just dive right in here. Start with the Duquesne Dukes. They traveled, as they always do in this early weekend of November, to the Buffalo Meltdown Tournament up in Buffalo. So they played both Buffalo and the Rochester Institute of Technology on Friday and Saturday. They fell in both of those games 9-3 and 6-2. Meanwhile, the Pitt Panthers continued their strong start to the season. They moved to, uh, let's see, I believe it's 11-1. and one. Yes, 11-1 and one with a sweep of Rhode Island. They defeated them 2-1 to one on Friday night and then 7-1 to one on Saturday night. So the number 24 Pitt Panthers taking down Rhode Island, who was just recently dropped from the rankings. So they're, they're not... The Rams are not too far from being ranked, so those are definitely some quality wins for the Panthers once more this weekend. Speaking of a sweep of perennially nationally ranked teams, Robert Morris, number 21 in the nation, swept Kent State in a home-and-home series. That first one was a 3-2 to shootout win on Friday night. And then on Saturday night, they traveled to Kent State and came away with the 3-2 overtime win. So quite a weekend sweep for the Colonials as as they improved to a record of, let's see, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, They get 11 wins total. I believe they're, they said 11-2-1. They're 4-1 in conference play. Slipper Rock only played one game this weekend. It was a Friday night game against John Carroll up at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. Trevor Gilliland scored three goals, scored all three goals in that game, with Jamie Morrow getting an assist on all three goals as well for that. So those two pairing up together to take the 3-2 to two win over John Carroll. They, they took a 2 nothing lead, or they... they they took a one nothing lead. John Carroll came back, scored two goals off of off of off of Evan Kruger to take the two to one lead, and then Gilliland decided he wanted two more goals and gave Slipper Rock the three to two victory for that. They moved to two one and one in conference play. West Virginia had a little bit of a rough outing. They played only one game this weekend on Saturday night to John Carroll. John Carroll avenged that loss on Friday night to Slipper Rock by drumming the. Mountaineers of West Virginia six to two, so West Virginia falls to one and four in conference play. So they continue to to struggle early on in this season. 
IUP was off this weekend, but they currently sit at 4-0 in in the conference standings. So, with your standings now, you've got Robert Morris ahead at 4-1, IUP at 4-0. They both have 8 points. Slippery Rock at 2-1-1 with 5 points. John Carroll at 2-2 with 4 points. Duquesne at 2-3 with 4. But John Carroll has that tiebreaker over Duquesne, courtesy of their 8-4 victory last weekend. Pitt and West Virginia each have 2 points. They each have a conference win. But Pitt is one and one. West Virginia is one and four. So they're uh, they're struggling a little bit. Mercyhurst down at the bottom of the standings at zero and three. They've yet to get a conference win. Mercyhurst plays their next conference games actually on the fifteenth and sixteenth. They host Pitt and then Duquesne for a Friday and Saturday night matchups. Uh, let's go back here. The Pitt women were also in action. Well, okay, well. My bad. <laughs> the the Pitt women are only in action one time this weekend. They're playing Liberty, actually today in uh, about an hour from now, the from the time that I am doing this. So I will try to get you that score on Twitter a little bit later. They play Liberty at eleven twenty a.m. at Alpha Ice Complex. Coming up next weekend's schedule, uh, I know I will personally be at that at the. Pitt versus West Virginia game at 6.20 p.m. at Alpha Ice Complex. That's next Friday, so that should be an exciting matchup. You've got a team that's kind of that's struggling a little bit, trying to come into Pitt's house, uh, who where, where Pitt has been doing amazing, so we'll, we'll see how that game will go for both of those teams. You have Robert Morris traveling out to Robert Morris, Illinois, on Friday night. That's a 7.30 matchup. And on on uh, they play them on Saturday as well at 4:30 p.m. You've got IUP hosting a weekend series against Villanova Friday and Saturday that's at 8:05 and 5:50 p.m. at S&T Bank Arena. Duquesne will be hosting the hosting men's division two George Mason on Friday night at 9:30 and on Saturday at 9:30 as well. That'll be also at Alpha Ice Complex. So I'll be at that one too following the Pitt West Virginia game. What am I missing here? Slippery Rock will host a weekend series against Oakland, who is who is currently ranked. Um, see if I can pull up the rankings here. Oakland was not ranked last weekend, but with the first coat, but with the first computer rankings coming out, Oakland does Oakland does sneak into those rankings. I believe Oakland is ranked number 15 in the nation right now. They are 8-1-1. One, and one. So Slipper Rock will be hosting them this coming weekend at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. That's Friday night at 10-10 and Saturday at 10-15. So nightcap matchups there. Robert Morris, while they're out, after they play Robert Morris, Illinois, they'll be playing Illinois State on Sunday at 11.30 a.m., so they've got three games in three days this coming weekend. And, of course, the Pitt women's team 
will be playing West Virginia on Sunday the 10th as well at 11.20 a.m. at Alpha Ice Complex. So uh, I'm hoping I can make it out to that. I haven't seen the Pitt women yet this season. My apologies to to, to that team. I, I've been really wanting to, but I just haven't been able to. But hopefully I'll be able to make it out for that game. And if not, there are several games in January and February that I hope to make it out to for them. So that'll do it for your major focus ACHA recap for the weekend that was and the weekend that's coming. So you remember you can find me on Twitter once more at EdMajorPhoto. And let's send it back to you, Mitch, for all of the other Berg Hockey action. Hey there, what's up, Berg Hockey fans? I am Ed Major. You can find me on Twitter at EdMajorPhoto. And this is your next edition of Major Focus, your ACHA recap of the week that was and a little preview of the week that's coming, the week that will be. Let's start off with uh, Friday night. I was ultimately unable to make it to the backyard brawl between the Pitt Panthers and the West Virginia Mountaineers. I was getting over a little bit of a cold and... I thought probably not a good idea to go into a cold ice rink when you're getting over that, but I did try to follow along on Twitter, and I I followed along as the Pitt Panthers took down the West Virginia Mountaineers convincingly by a score of eight to two. So no, it, and it wasn't really much of a surprise there. So Pitt now moves to two and one in conference play, and a and and a. Resound and an and an astounding twelve to one overall record. So, I I I don't see any reason why they shouldn't even move up from their current ranking of number nineteen in the country. Sticking with the West Virginia Mountaineers, they uh, they traveled. They continued north up to John Carroll on Saturday, and they actually took that game against the Blue Streaks three to two. So they, so what they've done is now they've created a very interesting scenario in the conference where you have four teams that all have two conference wins, Duquesne, John Carroll, Pitt, and West Virginia. So they all have four points. Slippery Rock also has two wins, but they get that extra point by virtue of an overtime, by virtue of that overtime loss to Duquesne back on October 11th. So they've got five points IUP and Robert Morris each with four wins. They sit at the top of the conference with eight points. So West Virginia making things very interesting, trying to trying to clump things up in the conference. And they are they they do have five losses, so they've played more conference games than anyone else. But if they can if they can take down the John Carroll Blue Streaks three to two on Saturday night, then I think they've got a chance to get to get a couple more wins as the season goes on. So. So we'll have to just pay attention to that and and watch the race as it unfolds. Moving on here, the Robert Morris Colonials traveled out to play the other Robert Morris. They played the Robert Morris Illinois Eagles in a weekend series on Friday and Saturday. They they fell to the Eagles 5 to 2 on Friday, and unfortunately I don't have a score for you for the Saturday night game. Uh the the Twitter accounts for both teams have gone a little silent. And the ACHA box score is not 
is not quite up there yet. So if that score comes in, you can pay attention. I'll try to post it on Twitter. Again, I'm at EdMajorPhoto. The ACHA has has been a little slow at updating the box scores lately, but moving out to S&T Bank Arena, IUP hosted a weekend series with Villanova. They took the first game 4-1 to one on Friday night. Uh, Franklin Regional goaltender Dan- Danny Soltes got the start for that game, so he only allowed the one goal. That's great for him, great for the Pittsburgh area native. IUP fell to Villanova by a score of 5-4 to four on Saturday. And then sticking with Pittsburgh area natives, you had Duquesne hosting a weekend series against Division Three opponent George Mason. George Mason hoping to move into ACHA Division One next season, and it seems that they have been preparing very well for that jump. They, uh, they fell behind... 3-2 to two to the Dukes Friday night, managed to tie it up with less than four minutes to play, and then got the overtime winner. So they so they took that game, or I'm sorry, it wasn't overtime. It was, they, they, they scored that game-winning goal to, to win 4-3 with less than a minute to go, I believe, on Friday night. And then Saturday night, you had, uh, the, the reason I say stick with the Pittsburgh native, is because you had Connor Hartlett in goal for those games for George Mason. And if that name sounds familiar, he was a Penguins Cup winning goaltender with the Cannon Mac Big Macs back in 2015. So he came back, made his return to his hometown, and he backstopped the George Mason Patriots to a 6-2 victory on Saturday as well. So George Mason coming in, making a good argument for, for moving up into D1 with a weekend sweep of the Dukes. And then the Slippery Rock Prides, uh, they split a weekend series at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex with Oakland. So always a perennially ranked team in, in, in that Oakland team. They were even subject, of, subject to NCAA expansion talks a couple seasons ago. I'm, I'm not sure if anything panned out with that. But they took the first game Friday nights three to one, but then lost a heartbreaker three to two in overtime after leading by a score of two to one in the third period. So a little bit of a heartbreaker there, but still, uh, still good news that that they had won that first game. I'm trying to find uh, the after starting the season two and two, they had lost three in a row. Or, Starting the season two and one, they lost four in a four in a row. One of them in overtime, but now they've won three of their last four, including two conference games. So they currently sit, as I said, they have two wins, but they have that overtime loss to Duquesne. So they're currently sitting in third in the conference standings. So Slipper Rock maybe falling off a little bit from last year. They they lost one of their top scorers and Thomas Kimmick to to graduation, so they're trying to kind of replace him and, and replace that scoring that he lost. Coming up in the week that will be, you've got you've got Slipper Rock traveling out to face Ohio at Bird Arena. So they're gonna have a, a tough test in that in that weekend series at Ohio. Sorry if I'm uh I'm I guess I'm still trying to get over a little bit of the cold here. You you've got you've got Duquesne Traveling out to John Carroll on Friday, and then they'll travel up to play Mercyhurst on Saturday. 
Same thing with Pitt. Pitt will play Mercyhurst Friday night at 10 p.m. at Mercyhurst Dice Center and then travel down to play John Carroll on Saturday. So you'll probably have the Duquesne and Pitt buses passing each other there on the, I believe it's I-90 that connects Cleveland and Erie. Robert Morris will host the State University of New York Cortland on Friday and Saturday for, for a weekend series. West Virginia will host Canisius on uh, on Friday night, and I believe that's the only game they will play that weekend. IUP will then host Canisius on Saturday. The and the what else am I missing here? The only one I'm missing is the Pitt women's team. I uh, will be uh, will be traveling to Oswego to play uh, their their game actually. Today, Sunday, November 10th, against West Virginia was canceled. So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see the women's backyard brawl. And I'm not quite sure if that game was is going to be rescheduled. West Virginia, in their first season, they've been doing fairly well early on this season. But it's disappointing that they're not able to make that trip up here to play that game. If it is rescheduled, I will definitely let you guys know. And, and I will definitely try to be there for the for that. So uh, with the, without the risk of, <clears throat> or to avoid the risk of losing the rest of my voice here, I'll, and we'll leave it at that for your major focus HHA recap. So, again, you can find me on Twitter at EdMajorPhoto. That was your major focus HHA recap. Back to you, Mitch, for the rest of the Burke Hockey news and notes around the region. Always good to have Ed Major join us with our ACHA recap, trying to bring you a little bit more from the world of Berg hockey and the different styles that we do have. So it's good to have him in there. Now we're going to move right back into it's a little bit longer of a show today because we still have to cover our PIHL stuff. Um, so I'm going to bring you in with your PIHL update from the last two weeks, your players of the week, and all that other fun stuff on the PhD podcast. Here we go. And for our bi-weekly now walk through the PIHL, I'm going to try to get it back down to weekly here soon. We're going to start in Class B today as we're going to talk about the weeks that were in the class. First and foremost, let's go through how everything played out since October 28th. Central Valley fell to Wilmington in Hess 6-5. Ringgold over Elizabeth Forward by that same score 6-5 at Ross Draver Ice Garden. Connellsville over Trinity, 5-3 at the Ice Vine. Carrick won 8-0 over McDowell at Ice Castle. At Behesse, it was the Shanick 9, Burl nothing. Carrick 8, Elizabeth Forward 1 at Ice Castle. Avonworth over Wilmington at Barrel, 5-3. Connellsville over McDowell at Mercyhurst Ice, 7-1. Bishop Canavan defeated Trinity at Princecape, 6-3. And Carrick defeated Connellsville at the Ice Mine, 4-2. Looking around, looking at the standings coming out of that. Nishanik leads the North 5-0 with 10 points. Central Valley, Avonworth, and Wilmington tied with 4 points apiece. Burl gets a 2-pointer to keep them above McDowell, who are 0-5 currently. In the South, Ringgold, 5-0, lead the way. Carrick, 4-1, have... Eight points. They are in second. Connellsville in third with seven games played. Three and four are their record. Six points. Then Morgantown, Elizabeth Forward, and Bishop Canavan each have four points with Trinity sitting in the final spot with two points. 
your players to watch right now, your actual, well, your statistics right now. I got to go back. I hit the wrong button there. Back to the skaters. Nathan Todd leading the entire class with 18 points, 12 goals, and 6 assists. Followed by Mike Vasco from Elizabeth Forward with 15 points. Brayden Morgan of Nishanik, 13 points. Ian Norvicius with 12 points finds him in fourth, along with Justin Day, who has that tied for fourth uh, from Ringgold with 12 points. The Class B in nets led by Riley Mestowski of Nishanik with 187 minutes in the cage. He has a 5-0 record with one goal against 76 Shots on goal, 75 saves, a whopping 987 save percentage. Sean Dugan is in second place with from Carrick, 255 minutes, four and one is his record, a 917. Blake Phillips from Morgantown has played in two games this season. They're rotating down there, one and one with a 913 save percentage, and Chad DeGroen from Ringgold sitting in fifth place. 889 save percentage from and it's a 5 and 0 record also for him. Uh can't really talk <laughs> about you up there in Wilmington Jake Snyder. We see you with your seven shots on seven save seven saves on seven shots up there for a perfect save percentage in one period of play, but we can't really qualify you right now. So, we do see what's going on. Now, let's look at these players of the week and and goaltender of the week. First of all, your player of the week is Ian Norkovicius. Some of these names I have a hard time getting. The defender from Carrick, a sophomore, of course. And I I joke around here, born the same year I graduated. I'm getting old, guys. I'm getting old, guys. But in the last four games, sorry, three games that he played in the qualifying time, seven goals, two assists. And, of course, three of those were on the power play. So, nice job up there, Ian. And in goal... Doesn't have to go much farther than Carrick there. Sean Dugan, the senior, in the last three games, three wins. Has one shutout against McDowell. Has given up a total of three goals in those three games. Congratulations, guys. Moving along to single A now. We're going to talk about the week that was in the first division. And we're going to start from October, sorry, October 28th all the way back, seeing how we missed a couple weeks here. It's going to be Wheeling Park losing the Norwins seven nothing at Center Ice Arena. Thomas Jefferson def- defeating Westmont Hilltop six nothing. South Park over Swickley Academy seven nothing. Indiana over Chartiers Valley at Mount Lebanon Ice Center five to two. Bishop McCourt over Blackhawk at the First Summit Arena at the War Memorial four one. North Catholic over North Hills six two. South Park over Beaver, 6-0 at Brady's Run. Greensburg-Salem defeating Indiana, 6-4 at S&T Bank Arena. Thomas Jefferson defeating Freeport, 10-3. Bishop McCourt over Swickley Academy, 9-0 at the first Summit Arena. Fox Chapel over Westmont Hilltop, 3-2 at Alpha Ice Complex. Wheeling Park over Chartiers Valley, 6-3. North Catholic defeated Beaver, 6-0 at Brady's Run. Norwin over Kiski, 4-3. In a shootout, Wheeling Park defeated Blackhawk, 4-3. South Park over Indiana, 2-1 at Ice Castle. Greensburg-Salem defeated Freeport, 
nine to five. And Thomas Jefferson over North Hills four one at Ice Castle Arena. Your standings coming out of this last couple weeks look like this in the Northwest. North Catholic leading the way five and zero. Oh. Blackhawk in second two and two with a shootout loss for those five points. Beaver. Third place, two points. The Swickley Academy, 0-7 to start the season. No points for the Panthers. In the Southwest, South Park, 6-1, leads the way. Followed by Thomas Jefferson at 5-1. Chartiers Valley, 1-3, 0-1, gives them three points. And North Hills, 1-3 to start the season. In the Northeast, Indiana, leading the way. 4-2, 0-1 for nine points. Kiski. Three and two with that win over Indiana last a couple weeks ago with six points. Fox Chapel right behind them. Two and two with a shootout with an overtime loss. Freeport, one and five to start the season for two points. Norwin leading the Southeast. Six and oh right now. Twelve points for the Knights. Bishop McCourt, four oh oh and one. That'll give them nine points right behind the Knights. Greensburg Salem, seven points right on Bishop McCourt's tail right now. 5-3 I'm sorry, 1-3-1-0-1 one, one, oh, one. Hard time today. 7 points for the Golden Lions and Westmont Hilltop. 1-2-0-1 oh, for 3 points. Between the Wheeling teams Wheeling Park getting 2 victories that's going to bring their record to 2-2 two and two on the season. Wheeling Catholic still 0-2 oh, did not play in the last couple days. The players how they played out this week. Olten Bekov still leading the way for Bishop McCourt. 13 goals, 8 assists, 21 points. But right behind him, Norwin's Jacob Daly, 7 for thir- seven and 13 for 20. Cole McNair from Greensburg-Salem, 12 goals, 7 assists, and 4 power play goals for the, the senior at Greensburg-Salem. Mason Pivarnik, 18 points is in 4th. And Logan Conley, 17 points on the fifth spot there in goal. It's going to be Shane Peremba leading the way. A 9.51 save percentage, 6-1 to start the season. Logan Marnick, 1-2 for the for Chartiers Valley. 9.35 save percentage. McFadden and Patika uh, for North Catholic and Kiske. 9.25 save percentage each and Cam Coretti for Greensburg Salem coming in just in the ability to be ranked 2 and 0 917 save percentage Luke Repepi was just on the outside looking with a 916 at 5 and 1 players of the week your player of the week is senior Logan Conley of Norwin that is for his efforts against Wheeling Park and Kiski 5 goals and 2 assists between the two games congratulations to Logan and Shane Peremba you look at the body of work, might not be as impressive, but it's more along the lines of how he played against the Indiana Indians. Uh, wins against Swickley Academy in Beaver, where he only had to make 26, sh- 26 sh- saves in two straight shutouts for those two, but only allowing one goal on 35 shots against Indiana this past Thursday at Ice Castle. So congratulations to our single A players of the week. Moving right along to double A here, and our game schedule goes like this. Montour defeated Moon at Barrel Ice Complex 6-2 on the 28th. West Allegheny over Meadville at Meadville 9-1. 
Greater Latrobe over Plum, 6-2 at Pittsburgh Ice Arena. South Fayette over Mars, 5-4 at Barrel, same Monday. Armstrong over Hampton, 1-0 at Frozen Pond Arena. Quaker Valley falling to Franklin Regional at Center Ice, 4-1. Hempfield over Shaler, 4-3 at Alpha Ice Complex. South Fayette over Hampton, 10-7 at Mount Lebanon. Greater Latrobe over Mars, 7-1 at Kirk S. Nevin Arena. Montour over Hempfield, 7-6 at the Island. Baldwin over Shaler, 8-1 at Ice Castle. West Allegheny over Plum, 6-0. Penn Trafford over Moon, 9-4 at Center Ice. Penn Trafford over Armstrong at Belmont, 8-5. Standings coming out of that thing in the Northwest, Quaker Valley, 3-3 three three with 6 points, leads the way over Mars, Meadville, and Moon. Mars and Meadville with 4 points apiece, Moon 1 point with 1 overtime loss. Southwest, Baldwin leading the way, but have been idle for a little while. 5-0 and oh are the Fighting Highlanders, 10 points, tied with West Allegheny at 5-1 and one here on the young season. South Fayette and Montour following them up with 6 points apiece. Plum leading the Northeast, tied with Armstrong at six points apiece. Three and two are the Mustangs, tied with the Riverhawks at three and five. Hampton, one and five to start the season, two points. And Shaler, 0 oh and six, no points for the Titans. In the Southeast, Greater Latrobe leading the way, five and 0, oh, 10 points. Franklin Regional, Pentrafford, and Hempfield each have six points in that division. Franklin Regional, three and one. Penn Trafford 3-2, and, and Hempfield 3-3. Three and three. To start the season here, we're re reaching the quarter pole for a, a lot of these teams. Statistically speaking, leading the way in points will be Michael Felsing of Montour. Eight goals, 13 assists for the, I believe he's a sophomore now, for Clay Shell's team. Nick Bandai of West Allegheny, four goals, 12 assists, 16 points in second. Alex Walker of Greater Latrobe, five Goals, five assists, ten points. Sorry, so <laughs> five goals, ten, uh, ten assists, fifteen points for Walker. Dusty Gergash, five goals, nine assists for fourteen points, tied with Zamansky from South Fayette with five goals, fourteen points. And Cole Ferry of Greater Latrobe, seven and seven, gives him fourteen. In net, we've got Vinny and Amatucci. His just qualifies. He has a. Let's get the right number here because I don't have those loaded up. A 9.59 save percentage. 47 saves on 49 shots. 102 minutes, two games to qualify at this point. Tanner Sindrick, 9.55 save percentage. 107 for 120, 112, 4-0 on the season. Greg Irons, a greater Latrobe. 9.38 save percentage, 3-0, 45 of 48. The defense is showing up for greater Latrobe this season. Josh Ferry, 5-1 to start the season. 9-26 save percentage for Ferry. And Eddie Nowicki of Baldwin Whitehall does not qualify. So we move along to Colin Rice. 3-3. Three three, a 9-19 save percentage. 193 of 210 shots saved. So that's your, statistically speaking, your players of the week. They'll go like this. Your player of the week is Michael Felsing. The, he is a junior, I apologize, a junior from Montour. In the last couple games, had 
in the qualifying games, two goals, seven assists, nine points in games against Moon and Hempfield. Two two goals, four assists against Moon, and three uh, three assists against Hempfield. So that is your player of the week. And in goal, it will be Josh Ferry. Was in this position a lot last season. Five and one in his last two games. He had a shutout and one goal against. Uh, at Meadville, he went 26 for 27. Then saved all 32 shots he saw against Plum on the fourth. Congratulations to our player and goaltender of the week from Double A. To the top of the class here, Triple A. You had a couple games this last couple weeks, and we're going to start at where we normally would start, which is Frozen Pond Arena. Two to one win for Butler over North Allegheny in a shootout. Pine Richland over Mount Lebanon, 7-2 at the Mount Lebanon Ice Center. Cannon McMillan, 7-6 over Central Catholic. Upper St. Clair over Peters Township at Princecape Arena, 5-4. Cathedral Prep over Bethel Park at Mercyhurst Ice, 2-1. Butler over Pine Richland at Barrel. At the World Rink, we had a doubleheader, a tripleheader that day. And that was a 2-1 victory for the Golden Tornado. Seneca Valley defeating Peters Township 5-2 at the Galaxy Rink. Butler dropping a game to Seneca Valley 4-3 at Barrel Ice Complex. Prince Scape Arena, Pine Richland defeated Cannon McMillan 4-1. At the Alpha Ice Complex, Peters Township over Central Catholic 4-2. Mount Lebanon over Bethel Park 1-0 at Spencer Family YMCA. North Allegheny over Cathedral Prep at Barrel by a score of 5-1 to one on Thursday. Standings coming out of that couple weeks. North Allegheny and Seneca Valley lead the way. North Allegheny by virtue of a shootout loss. 5-0-0-0 in one. 11 points for the Tigers. Seneca Valley, 5-0, 10 points in second place. Cannon McMillan, 4-2, 8 points. Peters Township tied with the Big Macs, 4-3 with 8 points. Upper St. Clair, 3-2 for 6 points, finds them in 5th. Pine Richland sitting in 6th right now, tied with Cathedral Prep. The Rams, 2-1 with an overtime loss, 5 points. Cathedral Prep, 2-3 with an overtime loss. The remainder of the teams, four points apiece. Bethel Park, two and four to start the season. So is Central Catholic. Mount Lebanon, two and five. And Butler, two and six. But they're starting to pick up a little bit of momentum for that final playoff spot. And, of course, we're still talking November. But, you know, you got to start thinking about those points. And every point matters in AAA right now. Your stand at your, sorry, your player statistics go like this. Josh Ripp leading the way, 10 goals, 5 assists, 15 points. Mark Lehman, 14 points, 8 goals and 6 assists. Colton Shuri, 7 goals, 5 assists for 12 points. Four-way tie for fourth. Michael Sawicki, four goals, sorry, 6 goals, 4 assists for Central Catholic. Tyler Lamarck, 4 goals, 6 assists. Pair of Wilberts, 5 goals, 5 assists for Drew. 4 goals, 6 assists for Eric on this season. So that's your player statistics in goal. 
Tyler Boyles, you have to have 51 minutes to qualify here. I'm sorry, no, for 102 minutes to qualify, two games. Tyler Boyles, 3-0 to start the season, 944 save percentage. Robbie Haliyama in second, 3-0 to start the season, two, uh, nine, 928 save percentage. Josh Bailey, 2-0, sorry, 2-0-1 with a loss in shootout. 926 for the North Allegheny. Tendi and Cole Hoffman for Seneca Valley, 926, also 2-0 and on the season. Seth Faulkner of Cathedral Prep rounds out the top five with a 2-0-1 and with a 923 save percentage. Mario Iafrati just on the outside for Cannon McMillan. Players of the Week. Our Player of the Week is, of course, Josh Ripp. Four goals and two assists for the forward for from Cannon McMillan. Uh... A hat trick and two assists against Central Catholic in that 7-6 victory on the 29th. And a goal against Pine Richland on the 5th in net. It's going to be Robbie Haliyama. Haliyama went 2-0 in the time frame. Sorry, 1-0 in the time frame. He had 30 saves on 32 shots against Peters Township on Halloween night. A 9.38 save percentage on that night. Congratulations to our players of the week. All right, and that was our PIHL update. Like I said, we're going to get back to weekly updates, so please make sure that you uh, just follow along and let us see what we're doing this week. Uh, we've got a couple contests from PIHL. I believe I am off on the weekend for the first time in forever, and I might take advantage of that, so bear with me as we continue to move along. Um, I'll be, I believe I'm still settling on what game I'm going to go cover on Tuesday. You might see a vote for that come out. I have a game on Monday, so I won't be able to be out. And Thursday, I'm still up in the air about what contest I'm going to cover on the evening when the Steelers play at home against the Browns. So we will uh, figure out that as it continues to go. But for now, that's all I got for you. I am Brian Mitchell. This is the PhD podcast. We will update you on your triple A scores and updates next week. Unfortunately, time frames uh, are considerate from here, so we had to keep an eye on it. I had to double everybody's output this week. So thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you guys later. Take care, guys. I'll see you in the rink.